We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast uh welcome into the wednesday edition of pack a day podcast i am dusty evely steve and sarah have the night off and that is because i'm joined by a very special guest i am joined by bobby peters bobby is the uh assistant football coach at Maine east illinois he's also the author of a handful of books breaking down offensive concepts including the reason you're here today bobby the handbook on the packers 2020 offense that's what we're going to talk about today so great to have you on i've been following your work for a while man how are you pretty good dusty thanks for having me on Excited to talk Packers offense here. Yeah, you bet, man. Yeah, we went back and forth, um, I think a little, you know, a year or two ago. Uh, I guess it would have been two years ago now, uh, because uh, when LaFleur was was hired on as, as head coach, you had written a book. That was the first book of yours I bought, actually, was the uh, the passing as passing guide of the Titans. The one year LaFleur was the offensive play caller in Tennessee. We're going to get into that a little bit. But, um, you know, lo- love your perspective, the stuff you've been doing. And obviously, when I saw the Packers book, I, I knew I had to talk to you about Packers offense for a little bit. So, for the those of you who don't know, this book, it's called the 2020 Green Bay Packers Complete Offensive Manual. It's got, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, basically every offensive play they've run, um, kind of broken up by concepts. I counted uh, roughly 33 concepts with a whole bunch of different variations thrown in there as well. Average yards per play, yards and distance per play, the yards that they ran against uh, different defensive fronts, how successful that was, the brief synopsis of the concepts themselves, and my favorite, my personal favorite, time stands out each time that concept was run so if you have game pass you can run through and watch those individual things and see what was successful what wasn't on its own is that that about cover what the book is i mean i'm doing it a disservice by just running it down like that but that's basically what what's in here it's the entire offense yeah no that's a pretty fair breakdown um and then like you know into the it's like obviously i provide all that data um you know that kind of that's that's pretty standard for each section um you know i've got the diagrams for each variation drawn up as well Mm -hmm. um and then within the text i break down okay what is this concept um you know how it's taught the coaching you know some some important coaching points and then i do um why it worked and why it didn't work for each section kind of explain to you okay well why did this concept work for the packers or why didn't it work for the packers 
Yeah, I love and I love that. Yeah, I didn't mention that, but I love that where you've got the like in week five, this worked because this happened, this happened, this happened. And then in a lot of them is this didn't work. And it was either the first Bucks game or the NFC championship game. It didn't work because this and this and this. So you do get a pretty good view of why those things work. So, yeah, just an incredible resource if you're if you're curious at all about the Packers offense. So I mean, I guess my first question to you as a coach you're obviously busy. You coach. I believe you have a job on the side as well. But you 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 break down these offenses. You do such a great, great job of it. I know it takes you a bunch of time to do. What is the main driving force behind you doing these? Is this just kind of general curiosity? Or is it like kind of folding in some of these concepts into uh, into your own coaching job there? I think it's, it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, going back, I mean, heck, even when I was in grade school, I'd record college games, NFL games, you know, in my parents' basement, you know, with our VCR um, you know, some of your listeners might not know what a VCR is, so something like <laughs> um, but, uh, no, and I'd record the games and I'd have, I have notebooks. I have like 30 notebooks, I think still at my parents' house of just diagramming stuff that I'd seen, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out how different things are, you know, how different things are run. And then obviously over the years, you know, you, you know, you, you learn and you develop and, and you, you know, you grow that knowledge base. And I think the, a, a big part of it is watching the film and trying to piece together things and then you know, over time, you, you know, you get to meet new coaches and ask coaches that coach for a lot of these teams. And you can ask them questions too about, Hey, you know, what is this? I, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure what this concept is, or I'm not quite sure how this is coached, you know, would you be able to help me out a little bit? And, you know, just over the years growing that knowledge base and that curiosity is still with me today. And, you know, obviously a big, the big chunk of that is watching the film. And I find it, you know, ever since I, I think I did my first one would have been a third down breakdown I did for the 2017 Rams and studying Sean McVay's first year in LA and I just, ever since then, I've been addicted to them. And I try to do two to three every off season, you know, complete team studies, um, you know, looking at their entire offense. And I just, I, I gain a ton of, you're looking, when you break down an entire season for a team, you gain a ton of insight on like the process, right? Like the process of how things are game planned each week within a system, what concepts are, you know, used, not used, you know, used sparingly, used a lot, you know, it, it just, I find it a very valuable exercise to do. And then, you obviously, you know, there's other people out there that are interested too. So I, I decided to put it into a book and, and, and put it on Amazon to share. Yeah. And I, I love these things. I've got a couple, actually, I just, just ordered your Niners one uh, yesterday to kind of get in some of the running concepts there, which I think we'll talk about a bit as we go on here. But yeah, you, I mean, and I guess the, the question I have off of that then is of the ones, even if you're not breaking them down fully, if you're not breaking down the full season, you're not doing the books, are you still like, are you still watching a lot of, a lot of teams? Are you watching a lot of stuff you're not breaking down just like, just to get a feel for what the rest of the league is doing, even if you're not doing a full complete breakdown like you are here? Yeah, I try to. Um, obviously, like we said, you know, these, these full breakdowns do take time um, and then you get very invested into them too. Um, but I definitely do. Like what I'll do is um, like every, I mean, I think the one team over the last, you know, few years that I, I break down regardless is the 49ers. I just, I love their offense. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, um, you know, a lot, obviously, you know, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, they do a lot. Now Mike LaFleur in New York, you know, they do a lot of the same stuff, but to me, that 49er system and what Kyle Shanahan's doing out there is, I mean, they, I mean, you'll, you'll see when you get that book in the mail, I mean, they, they do so many different things and they do them well too, for the most part, obviously 2020, they struggled. But that, you know, every year they, they've got new adjustments off of different things. And, um, you know, as a scheme junkie, you know, they probably do too much. But as a scheme junkie, I really appreciate it, um, you know, because every week it's just there's fun new wrinkles on the different concepts they run, whether it be just running out of different formation, a different motion to attack that specific defense. Or if it's, you know, an adjustment to a route or something, you know, the different things they do in the drop back game is exciting, too. So, but yeah, I know that other than the Niners, you know, and, and then obviously the teams that I break down, it's hard to find time to do to do some of the other yeah. stuff, but I'll still 
you know, week to week, I'll, I'll put on condensed games on Game Pass. Like, oh, you know, I heard, you know, the Bills are, are tearing it up. So I'll put on the Bills tape and try to check out different things like that. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, the thing you said about the Niners, that kind of leads me into my next point here is, is uh, say the Niners from a scheme perspective sometimes do too much. And that's the feeling I get. I've not gone through a ton of theirs, but they do have a tendency to uh, to run a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, Shanahan's, uh, I mean, very creative coach, uh, inventive coach, does a great job kind of getting all of his guys ready to do stuff. But they do have a lot of different ways to run that stuff. One of the things you talked about in this Packers book is how it's, I believe you, you described it as one of the more meat and potatoes offenses you can get. So, I mean, you got this uh you know uh, the floor obviously from the shanahan tree i know when he came over to green bay that was kind of the is he more mcveigh or is he more shanahan those guys are a little more tied in together than i think people would maybe think as far as like what they run how they like to do things but Lafleur does seem like he he tends a little more towards shanahan but as you point out his stuff is he they run i guess less stuff it's, it's variations but their core concepts it's less than shanahan does and it's a kind of very basic do you want i mean so i guess when you're when you say meat and potatoes because i just talked about that as some what do you, what do you mean by that and like some people might see that as a bad thing that it's not over complicated but it's kind of a good thing so you want to talk about kind of what, what you saw in there that kind of led you to that sure i think um you know the best way to describe that and look at it is to talk about the run game um, like, like you said, the, the Niners, they run, you know, crack toss, pin pull, you know, all these different things um, that the, the Packers don't necessarily run much of, um, you know, where the Packers focus on, you know, the base core runs, like inside zone, outside zone, obviously outside zone being the, the big one. And then the duo ski, those are, I believe those three plays make up, um, I want to say like 42 or 43% of all the Packers play calls from last year. So almost every other play they're calling inside zone, outside zone or duo. And, you know, on base downs, when you're getting two high looks and you've got a great offensive line and you've got two stud running backs, you know, that, that those play calls work pretty well for you. And it did for the Packers last year. Um, you can you can tell with those with those, you know, and they comp- all, all those run plays complement each other pretty well. So if you've got three, you know, three complementary plays I mean, you don't really necessarily need a lot more. Um, and, and, the, and the Packers demonstrated that, especially when you have the talent to do it. And the Packers certainly do, um, you know, with the offensive line and, and, and the skill players um, in the backfield to do it. So. Um, with that said, you don't necessarily need all the other stuff if you can do those things, those three things really well. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a question I have. So, I mean, we've got, you know, obviously it's an offseason of uncertainty with Rodgers. You mentioned the two stud running backs. You know, Jamal Williams gone. I'm a big fan of A.J. Dillon. I think that's a that's a pretty big upgrade over Jamal Williams there and what he can bring both to the, the pass and the run game. I think he's going to be very, very good. And obviously Devontae Adams is wide receiver one, a nice complimentary piece in MVS. But let's say, like, as this evolves, because every year offenses evolve. You can't keep doing the same thing. You mix in these little variations. Let's say Rodgers isn't back or something. Uh, and even over the next couple of years, is going to be an evolution. Based on kind of where this is, basically the core of the core concepts you're looking at here, how does this offense look in the next couple of years? Are you like, would you, do you think they, they vary up the run game a little bit, a little bit more like Shanahan, keep a lot of the passing concepts, or how does that look to you? That's a, that's a good question. I think what allowed them to, to, to be really good at those run schemes too is they were up in a lot of games, so they could, um, you know, they didn't have to use their drop back game a ton. I think you know, in, in the book, the dropback section is pretty thin, you know, because they didn't, they didn't need it a ton because they got up early, you know, their play action stuff was great. Um, so that, that part of the offense, you know, they, they, they really not dumbed it down, but um, they didn't need it as much. So they just didn't use as much volume. Um, and, and with that said too, within the inside zone, outside zone and duo, I don't want to make it sound like that they just ran three plays right. within those three concepts. There's multiple variations, formations, motions, shifts to attack certain defenses each week. So they would run different versions of those, those three core concepts each week, but they would package them differently to attack their specific opponents. So I think more, more of that, you know, maybe changing up those different types of game plan pieces, maybe, 
you know, adding some more gap schemes as well, like power counter or some of the crack toss pin pull mm-hmm. stuff. Um, I think that um, there's there's a time and place for that, depending on how defenses respond to some of the, the zone stuff as time goes on, too. Yeah, and that's I that's I mean I think I told you that's one of the reasons I'm getting that Niners book is that's one of the things I'm kind of looking for going forward is that more variation in the run game kind of it, some of those more pulling a little more power stuff and okay I'm looking at Shanahan from a year or two ago to see what Lafleur might be doing in the next year or two so Shanahan's a little ahead of the game there but yeah I'm I, I kind of want to you know move on to the passing game just because that's that's where that's where I like to focus uh, just personally that's where I'm at so you, one of the things same here I'm a pass first guy I'm an ex quarterback well. I'll say well, all your early stuff was uh, was uh, on the passing game, correct? I mean, the Niners game, I can't remember if that was or not. The Niners book may have been your first one for the full offense, but everything else was passing concept, correct, before that, right? Yeah, I did um, uh, a 2018 Chicago Bears, uh, a team that you know probably doesn't get named a lot on this podcast. Uh, I did a book on Matt Nagy's offense in 2018. Um, so that was my first full manual. Um, but, but yeah, other than that, I usually, you know, the third down stuff, obviously third down is a heavy drop back. Down. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I picked it too, because I wanted to study the past games of like Lafleur or um, not Lafleur McVeigh with the Rams, and then I did a 2017 Eagles one, um, focusing on Doug Peterson and what he did that year too. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely a pass first guy, and it kind of started that way. And then, you know, obviously, you got to include the run game, so I started doing the four <laughs> manuals. <just> reluctantly <laughs> at it because yeah, you feel like you have well, to. <laughs> no, yeah, no, but it's good to look at the whole picture too. You know, as time goes on, you know, as a coach, I'm trying to develop too. I think part of it as my coaching journey developed too. At my um, I want to say my first, I, I had a sophomore offensive coordinator job in 16 and 17. Um, and then I think that's when I kind of realized, oh crap, the running game is important. Um, <laughs> so it was like 2017 where I'm like, I probably should learn more about the running game and the different rules and how to adjust to defenses. So that kind of promoted me to, to, to go down that rabbit hole more too. So Yeah, and I, actually just this past year, I started trying to focus a little more just how do they run the ball? Because I was, I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't coach, but just looking at this stuff, it's always the passing concepts are pretty. And then it's, well, they tie it to the run game. Like, well, they just, they, they run, they hand it off and they run. Right. Like that's because I never really cared. And the same thing with defenses concepts work. Well, that's not exactly how it works. You kind of have to know how the mechanically, how everything works to how that plays off of it. So yeah, the, the run game, I know for me as well, just, just writing about this stuff and watching this stuff has been on the back burner just because I didn't, I didn't care enough to look into it and like, Oh, it is important. Oh, okay. I should probably read about that a little bit. With yeah. all that, all that being said, uh, one of the things you talked about in here was uh, I know your introduction to mesh. Um, anyone who knows me, I'm, I love mesh. I love the mesh concept. I love all the stuff you can do off of it. How you can like all the different variations off of there. I think you said they were the most. Uh, they ran the most variations of mesh of any team you looked at. So what what ways have they done that 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 you kind of saw? Because I mean, you think of mesh. It's you know the the two crossers, and obviously you can do. You usually got flat control. You've got a deeper guy, usually someone running over the middle in a vertical route. And we've seen multiple variations from the Packers, but the general pieces in place, that's what it is. What makes the Packers, I guess, when you watch them, what makes you say that's that's the best mesh team, or at least they, they run the best versions of mesh I've seen? Yeah, so they definitely run it a ton. Um, I don't know if I've come across. I know those Doug, Doug Peterson Eagles teams ran a lot, but I, I don't know if anybody has run it as good as the Packers from what I've studied. They So – Mesh is a very hotly debated topic in the coaching community. <laughs> um, so they, so to me, mesh is the concept itself of the two underneath crossing routes. It's great against man to man, and it can be taught well against zone. Well, the Packers, whenever they'd run it, they wouldn't, they didn't teach it as like, okay. So a lot of times, you know, the rule is you stay on the move against man coverage, you sit down against zone. Mm-hmm. The Packers, they just stayed on the move the whole time, and typically they, you know, Rodgers. I mean, obviously having one of the best quarterbacks in the league to check in and out of mesh. 
um, you know, is, is, is a good bonus. And as you can see in the book, you'll see the data shows, you know, they called it usually against man coverage. So that, so that's part of, you know, they're not spending as much time on the coaching element of it. So it's not as much, you know, a time grab as, as a lot of other teams that run it. Um, another piece too, is whenever they run it, they find ways to have quick outlets for the quarterback, whether it be a free releasing running back on a rail route or a flat route, um, whether it be Devontae Adams on like a comeback or a quick double move, like a hitch and go or something. Um, so having, having an answer against the blitz um, where the quarterback can look right away, you know, just like a quick, easy read. And then if that's not open, working to mesh is the second part of the progression. Um, to me, that's a critical element of the concept. It's not, that's not the first read in the progression. And actually I tweeted, um, I want to say the other, I, want either, I think it might've been last night or the night before, whether it be June 15th or 16th, I tweeted a video of them running it it's, uh, against the Buccaneers where Rodgers gets rid of the ball quick to the flat. They pick up a third, it was like a third medium um, on the mesh concept. And he didn't throw one of the mesh routes, but it's the mesh concept. And he's able to pick up a completion against man coverage um, to the running back in the flat for a quick first down because the, the man defender's got to work over a bunch of traffic to get there. So, I mean, that's, you know, not, you know, not just sitting there waiting for the crossers to, to develop, you know, if you're holding on to the ball, you're allowing defender, you know, the, the pass rushers to get up the field and pin their ears back. He's getting rid of the ball quicker. Um, so that's a, those are, those are probably the biggest critical pieces of what makes it successful to Packers. And, you know, Matt LaFleur and his coaching staff did a great job of installing it and coaching those aspects of it to, to make it successful for them. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, in some, some of the stuff you just touched on too, is, is kind of a, you're you're able to make it simplistic you're able to keep some of those concepts simplistic or at least like teach some of the same ones over and over again because you have an all-world quarterback and a wide receiver that can win essentially whenever you need him to win so if you know okay if the matchup isn't there you can either check out of that or you know you got a guy that can win there and you kind of trust those matchups there as well so it's it's easy to kind of stay in some of those kind of base concepts when you've got a couple guys that can that you know can win or make the make the right call when you need them to make the right call We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. For sure. I think a big piece of the Packers offense, whether it be the play action, a lot of the play action stuff, like a lot of the the five-step dropback stuff, is and you'll see, I mean, this is a theme throughout the book is they find ways to make Devontae Adams either the number one read in a pure progression or they make it a coverage read where, okay, if he's one on one on that side of the field with no safety help, we're working him because, like you said, he's gonna we're counting on him to win the matchup and he usually does. So, like, that's smart football, right? You know, you take advantage of one of the best receivers in football and one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football to win. So, that's kind of where a lot of their passing game starts and ends is okay. You know, if he's double teamed, we'll work off we'll work off that to some more developing stuff down the field or whether it be those crossers on mesh, you know, that that's kind of the big theme throughout the Packers uh, offense there. And that's that's something Matt LaFleur does really, really well. That a lot of coaches, regardless of level, whether it be high school, <laughs> college, or NFL, you know, sometimes you know, they get so bogged up in the concepts they forget to put their players first. And that's that's something that the Packers they put their players first and it it paid dividends for them last year. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, that, that leads in one of the other concepts I want to talk about. It's actually on the cover of the book. If there's ever a book that wanted me to buy it, it's a book on the offense of the Packers that has like that, that all go halfback seam right on the cover there. Like that just, it calls out to me. So I know one of the things the Packers did on that, um, and that's one of my favorite concepts. I think, I think you've talked about that as well. That's one of your favorite concepts that's just shown up really at the pro level in the, over the past two, three years. I think the Chiefs were like an early adopter of that. We've seen that a bunch out of the Packers. They run that. I, multiple times a game generally pretty much every single game I don't, I don't know that i can think of a single game they didn't run it a single time but a lot of times you you have that because you kind of overload a side and you have that one backside wide receiver a lot of times that'd be Devonte adams and that would just you would i mean you work through the progression that might be the last guy you look to or you look at during certain coverage there was times that was clearly the first read for rogers that was just based on pre-snap everything that was going on all the pretty stuff the why the running back running up the seam there None of that mattered because, you know, you've got an easy seven yards with Devontae Adams on first down. And you just take that and you line up on second down. So, I mean, you talk about the players first. I mean, that's to me that that's one of the big things there is you're not the rest of the concept doesn't matter. I know I've got the one on one. So I'm taking the one on one right there. Yeah, you're exactly right. That is, that's that's exactly right. It's a pre snap read, um, you know, especially with that fast fake jet motion that they run it with most often. Um, you can get that indicator. OK. Is the safety spinning down? Is the safety rotating to the middle of the field? Is Adams going to be one-on-one? He's one-on-one. Take it, right? That's something we know we're going to win. And that, and that to me, makes that concept an all-purpose concept for the Packers. A lot of NFL teams that try to run that, you know, it takes a while for that running back to get up the seam. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, you know, you know, obviously NFL running backs are very fast, but unless you have some of the faster guys in the league running that route, it takes time. So your quarterback's going to be sitting back in the pocket, you know, trying to trying to hold on to the ball. I mean, if he's got a blitz coming, you don't have it. There's no answer. There's really no hot. So, um, you know, with that built in with Devontae Adams on the, on the backside, whether he's running, you know, the, the, the Omaha cut or the Oki cut, which is an Omaha route, but just a little bit deeper. It's, I think it's, you know, maybe a six step route instead of a four step route. But they um, whether it be that or a quick slant, you know, they, they've got answers for, for basically anything. And that's what makes that a full a full um, an all purpose concept for them, whereas most teams, it doesn't and they get in trouble with it. So that's why they're able to call it as often as they do. Like you said, I think they called it almost every game. Yeah. Um, and they 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 can do that because the coaching staff has developed it into an all-purpose play. Yeah, and I mean, it's a defense because for a while that was easy money. I know when the Chiefs first started running, the defenses didn't know what to do. You're sending that sending that running back up the seam, and he kind of gets lost in the shuffle because you're kind of rotating on the back there, and you shoot basically 
in mid rotation and you shoot back and either the linebacker can't handle with them or the linebacker just doesn't even see them when that comes in. But over the past, I mean, especially year, you see that a bunch and I know for the Packers specifically, and you see this with pretty much every other team more often than not, if they're not hitting Dev- uh, Devonte Adams on the backside slant, they're, it's it usually ends up being a check down. They're looking down. You're looking down. It's usually a che- ends up being a check down to the uh, to the jet man that's just kind of hanging out in the exactly flat right. there, just because they're getting so good at defending that now. So to have the pieces in place to be able to make that successful, even as the defense kind of umbrellas the backside of the front side of that concept there, uh, like like you said, but. A lot of teams don't run that once or twice a game because they can't get away with it. The Packers at least have answers. You know, even if you're not hitting the home run, you're getting six yards, something like that. Yeah, that's that's what makes it. I mean, having Aaron Rodgers back there to make those decisions is just incredible. I mean, he he doesn't get enough credit for his ability to and his willingness to take those checkdowns. Um, that's something that he's done really well the last couple of years. I know that was kind of a sticking point with the McCarthy is he wouldn't, you know, the McCarthy years, he wouldn't take the checkdowns, you know, whether he you know, whether he'd be trying to ad lib or, you know, take a sack or, you know, something, he, whether it be the coaching staff and how they've coached it or just Rogers willingness to do so. You're exactly right. Defense, when they see that jet motion and they realize it's a pass, those linebackers just turn and run. Mm-hmm. So that check down, you know, if Adams gets double teamed and those vertical routes are being covered by those linebackers turning and running, some of their big plays came off that check down. You're exactly right. And that's, it's, that's, it's, it's, it's not the home run, but it's Jones in space, which is or Irvin in space, which is just, which is not just as good, but yeah, you can get, I mean, you'd see 20 yards off of that concept. Yeah. Of yeah it's basically like a long handoff on a jet sweep, except the defense, you know, now they're turning and running the other way. So it's like a jet sweep with like more advantage to it. You know, yeah. it's, it's like I've said before, it's an all purpose concept and Rogers ability to read that and get the ball to the check down as fast as he does really makes it truly an all purpose concept. You can call, you know, first and second down any game. Doesn't matter the coverage, doesn't matter what you're getting. It's 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 an all purpose concept. Yeah, they and they've run that before off the uh fake RPO off a little wide receiver bubble screen there, which is just yep. I think they've ran that two or three times this past year and it just one of my favorite things to see is just that little fake bubble screen that just streaking downfield. So, and I think yeah. actually this past year was the first year Rogers really did the uh, 2019. That was the big thing is he's going to buy into little Flora thing. He wasn't only really checking down 2019. So 2020 was really the first year. And I think after a game or two, he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm picking up 20 yards. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I should have exactly. been doing this for a while. Exactly. Uh, one of the other things I want to kind of want to bring up is, I mean, you know, I kind of mentioned that the 2019 or 2018, I guess, the passing guide you did on the Titans, which was the floors only, and this is taking you back. Maybe you don't have answers for this. I don't know. Uh, but that was LaFleur's only year calling uh, calling plays. You know, obviously with the Rams before that, went to Tennessee for a year, called plays, then head coach at Green Bay. Have you seen anything? I mean, I know there's concepts or concepts and some of the stuff crosses over, but the way that they do stuff, the way they run stuff, have you noticed a major difference on what he was doing that one year in Tennessee versus what he's been doing in Green Bay? Yeah, so that so that manual, it was just it was just a passing index. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously no run game. And then it was an index too, so I didn't go into deep breakdowns. Yeah. I just kind of... I gave the, I gave the drawings and then I did stats and I didn't like kind of explain a lot of it. So, um, but yeah, there's definitely a difference. I think the biggest difference is, um, you know, with how much the Packers were up um, and obviously their, their focus last off season to, to simplify things and kind of just live with the core of their offense and adjust those core concepts, you know, they just didn't do as much. You know, I think, yeah, that Titans manual or that Titans index shows, you know, probably a lot more variety than what you're seeing in the Packers in the Packers book. Um, and some of that was out of necessity and, and some of that was just this year. I don't know if it was the COVID off season or what, but they really wanted to just get good at, like we said, the meat and potatoes, get good at the, get good at the, the core schemes to what they wanted to do to be successful. And it worked brilliantly for them. So I think that's probably the biggest difference is just less variety with, within the different types of schemes they ran. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. Um, 
Yeah, so we talked about mesh. We talked about the uh, the the all go running back seam. Do you have another concept in here that you really want to talk about? Like one of your favorite concepts you've seen them run and and do well, I guess. So one of my favorite things they did, obviously, Lucky Stick Knob. That's a personal favorite of mine. That's um, the cover in my Niners book. Um, that's just to me. That's another all-purpose concept. It's a concept you run out of empty. Um, the Lucky route was something that Devontae Adams is just. I mean, he's a tremendous route runner. But giving him a three-way go at the line of scrimmage, I mean, you're just you're asking <laughs> for trouble if you're a defense and you play him one-on-one coverage. When the when he line when he lines up at number two weak and empty, and the defense is playing some sort of man coverage, like unless you got a bracket on Adams, that's where the ball is going and you're toast. And with that said, the stick knot on the three receiver side gives the quarterback an option in case he's double teamed. Well, now you got some quick double moves to, to push the ball down the field um, if that's covered. So I love that concept. Um, but I think my, my and a lot of teams run. It's not it's not something unique to the Packers or the Matt Lafleur Shanahan's. Right. A lot of teams kind of sprinkle that in. Um, but one of my favorite concepts in the way, and especially the way they dress it up and they ran it in their drop back game, their play action game, is the middle read dagger concept. Um, it's pretty similar. A lot of coaches will 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 see it and think, okay, this is kind of like a you know, like an offspring of the Y, the air raid Y cross concept. Yeah. And it is, it is. But the way the Packers run it is it's, it makes it, it's a lot more diverse. Um, they do it, they'll do it out of play action. They'll seven man pass throw it. They'll, um, they'll use it in the drop back game. They'll run like three man stick or three man snag to one side. So the quarterbacks have quick game options. Um, and, and, and one way too is, um, so what the concept really is, is it's a backside concept. You can run stuff to the front side. Um, and the number one receiver will run a deep dig. He's um, one of the last reads in the progression besides like any check downs to that side. But the number two receiver, the inside receiver, he'll run a middle read route. So against two eye safeties, he's going to keep it. He's going to keep the route straighter. He's going to kind of just go vertical and keep it straighter. Um, but then against single high, he's going to try to cross that free safety space. So that's going to look more like a, like a crossing or like a wide, like a deep crossing route. Right. Um, and so that, that route is meant to get into the quarterback's vision on the front side. And there's just a lot of different stuff you can do on the front side um, to, to, to make it, to make it go and the Packers and Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff did a great job of running different stuff each week. They would go play action too. I think some of, I think the Eagles game in week 13, they ran it out of play action a bunch. Uh, that was one week they did that. And then I think it was the Eagles game. I'm sorry, not the Eagles game. Uh, it might've been Atlanta where they ran it out of their drop back game. Rodgers, you know, you, you can watch it on tape. You can see Rodgers working his progression, get to that backside dig route. Um, you know, it's just a fun concept they did really well with. Um, and it's very adaptable to, to basically any defense you're playing. And it helps to be successful. You got like MVS who's running whatever four two five with his long frame kind of help taking the top off there as well to open some of that stuff up underneath too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I guess the other side of that, was there anything you saw that not necessarily conceptually, although maybe conceptually, but just how they ran it that you just didn't particularly care for or seem like could use a little more work? Uh, that's a great question. Um, generally speaking, I thought the Packers were over-reliant on mesh. Um, for as successful as they were with it, it bit them in the butt against the Bucks, especially in yeah. that second matchup. Um, I want to say the Aaron Jones fumble where he's coming across on, on a shallow on the mesh concept. The Bucks play a version, and I, I talk about this in the book, because to me this was um, you know, something something that I was waiting for a team to do, especially on the Packers on third, like third and medium, because that was a huge mesh thing. I want to say they called it, over 20 times um, throughout the course of the season in those situations where, where the Bucks played, they played man underneath and they use their two safeties. So typically when teams play man under two safeties, they, those safeties play deep halves mm-hmm. and help over the top. What the Bucks did is they use them to bracket the underneath routes on the mesh. So though these safeties were driving down hard and that's what actually blew up the play and forced the Aaron Jones fumble in that game. Um, so I think, uh, not, I mean, an over-reliance on that, on that concept maybe, but I, I I mean, obviously, it's an adaptable concept like we talked about, but I, I think there's ways. I was waiting for a team to, to kind of defend it in that way, in that manner, and they finally did, and it kind of bit them in the butt, you know, um, in, in that situation. But 
um, maybe adapting it certain ways. I, I don't know what the next step will be. Um, you know, personally, I'm not a huge mesh guy, so I think they call it less. But you know, they were successful with it, so you know, obviously <laughs> they know what they're doing. They do know what they're doing up there, that coaching staff. So, um, but other than that, I mean, you know, keeping it as simple as they did. There's not a lot of fat yeah. defense. You know, they there's not a lot of concepts where they just ran them once or twice and didn't run enough. Or you know, I mean. They led the league in scoring, so most of the stuff they ran was pretty successful. Um, I'd, I'd have to look a lot closer to see something they didn't do well. You know, screen screen game wise, they, I don't I don't think they ran a ton of different screens, so maybe they could be a better screen team. But I mean, I'm really I'm really nitpicking there. If we're talking about that. Stuff, so. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that that uh, that Bucks game that was you could watch, and I know there was there was at least one other play as well. I think it was Lazard on on a crosser on mesh where I think it ended up being incomplete, and that you could just see like that safety triggering and just screaming down the line, just directly in that zone. They it's almost like they they knew exactly that stuff was coming. So. Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, I guess lastly here, uh, before we kind of sign off here, or you know, unless you have other things you you feel like talking about, the question that I actually had as my first question, my leadoff question, and I didn't get to it, so we'll get to it now. Why the Packers? Is this like what what led to the deep dive into this offense this year? Is that just that they were the top scoring offense, or did you see something in there while watching? Like, oh, I'd like to dig into that a little more. Um, obviously, them being a high-scoring offense um, was a big part of it. But actually, last year, so 2019, I broke down. Um, you know, I did a full, I did a full film breakdown. Right, obviously, I didn't write a book about the Packers, but I did a full film breakdown, and I thought they did a lot of good stuff. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, as tight to the Shanahan and McVay systems as as Lafleur is, I wanted to, to study that a little bit further. And obviously, the extreme amount of success they had. Um, you know, kind of helped helped pique my interest in that a little bit too. Um, and then being, you know, I, I'm I'm a I'm a Bears fan, so I don't I don't know if I should say that on this podcast. Have, but, hey, man, you out yourself. Everyone out yourself. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Man. No, but I, I grew up a Bears fan. Obviously, I'm still a Bears fan. But you know, the older I get, the more I, I, I root for coaches and, and mm-hmm. players. You know, most more coaches. You know, just um, you know people that I I, I I think are good people. I, I root for people. You know, as I get older, and and I really, you know, think what Matt Lafleur and, and and those guys are doing up there, they're doing it the right way, and they're well coached up front. You know, um, I mean, they're, they're well coached all over, but the, you know, as, as well coached as they are on the offensive line, it, you know, really stood out to me. It was something I wanted to to study further too. So I, I think those those pieces are probably why I, I jumped into it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't know. I, I guess I know you're, you know, coaching Illinois. I didn't know you're a Bears fan. That makes the, I guess, the I probably should have let. I probably should have let off with that, right? We might not have. We might not have started recording, <laughs> so I wanted to save that till the end. No, that's fine, man. No, honestly, and I, I kind of forgot. I did buy the. I have that Bears book as well. Um, I bought that on Kindle, so I kind of forgot when I was perusing my shelf. But that is, I mean, that's you know some of that Nagy stuff, and I guess I don't know if that's an outcropping because you're a Bears fan, but you know. The problem with Nagy is not concepts. There's a lot of problems with the Bears, uh, but but conceptually they've they've been doing a lot of really good stuff. It's just you know when you got Trubisky pulling the trigger and uh, and and I think some of the the game calling the play calling of Nagy is not not great. I think that's an area he still needs to evolve there a little bit. Concepts were not the problem over in Chicago. So. <laughs> yeah, no, they they definitely did. You know, especially their dropback game. I'm a big fan of the different ways they package, like their each like their version of like the choice or looky. You know, would be running back running the choice right out of the backfield. I thought they they had probably the most complete package that I've studied around like the different double moves and different stuff off of that. Um, so that was you know a good aspect of their dropback game. But I, I there was definitely you know we talked about the Packers not having any fat in their offense. There's a lot of fat in what the Bears did back in 2018. You know, the different concepts they ran. Mm-hmm. They just a lot of it seemed like, all right, let's call this concept. This is an old school concept that worked, you know, you know, that used to work or it worked with the Chiefs. So we're going to call it. And it's like, well, you know, I don't know if it makes sense against that certain defense or, you know, the game planning element wasn't necessarily there as well. Um, you couldn't, 
week to week there wasn't a ton of cohesion you couldn't see like you know with the packers you know it's a contrast it um you know you i could kind of you know okay they're playing this deep like okay like the, the eagles right they're playing you know an over jim schwartz is over front with wide nines all right mm-hmm. they're going to try to attack you know, the strong safety and the run fit, you know, and put him in a run pass conflict because he's got the C gap instead of the D gap this week. So now he's got a, a lot further to go. So different, different stuff like that. Like you can see cohesion, you can see what the Packers were trying to there's do. A, there's a through line. There's a, there's a thought to it that you can actually see playing out there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing too, is the marriage between the run and pass game uh, kind of lacked with the, with the bears as well. That, that season, um, you know, that's kind of a criticism of that offense too. So that, that was, that's part of it. But yeah, person, I mean, obviously the quarterback, you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, we could have ended the conversation there. Um, but you know, obviously the Packers offensive line and the Bears offensive line are in two different worlds as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of things contributed um, to the, to the difference. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, Bobby, I think, I, I think I've asked all of my questions. This has been tremendous. Is there anything else you want to talk about from the book or anything else uh, before we get out of here? Uh, no, I mean, if anybody has purchased the book or has questions on, you can reach out to me on Twitter. Um, my handle is at, underscore peters 12 i'm pretty sure that's right um, don't mm-hmm. quote me uh, but uh you know and even even some of the specific concepts i've got um some of them uploaded to my youtube page um but if you ask me i mean i've got most of them you know ready so i could send you know if you want hey like i love that rb you know the running back scene concept or the mesh concept you know i've, I've got especially those two concepts I've got, I've got those uploaded so if you you know you got the book you want to take a look at that stuff just you know, feel free to dm me my dms are open and i'll, I'll shoot that over to you no problem um but it, or if you have any questions about the stuff in the book too you know, sometimes being a, you know, a high school coach and, you know, studying the game as much as I do, sometimes I gloss over some important details in the book where I say something and not necessarily explain it, you know, because <laughs> I know what it is and I've known for years, but, you know, whoever's reading it might not have, have seen it or heard it. So just feel free to reach out anytime. Yeah, that's awesome. And you and in the front of the book too, there's a glossary. So some of the, some of the terms that you use quite a bit, you've got kind of a glossary there as well. So I, I, I mean, again, I've been in it for a little bit, um, but if you, you know, if you're not really sure what's going on, you want to pick it up, just what's going on you do have kind of that glossary in the in the middle there or the beginning there too where you can kind of tells you this is what this means this is what's kind of the, the shorthand that's used throughout the book which i think is really helpful but uh yeah again bobby this is this has been awesome man thanks for joining me um you know love the book love the work you've been doing and yeah to everyone if you're curious about this at all pick up the book and definitely like if you're not following him on twitter follow on twitter that's again b underscore peters 12 because i mean you just put you've been putting up um some of the pages from the book along with videos of the clips which which is really helpful i think you put like you said, I think mesh up the other day and even kind of been doing, doing that as it goes along. So if you've got the book, if you don't have the book, tremendous follow because you, it gives you a better feel for the offense as a whole and, and the book. I mean, more than anything, a comprehensive look. So you get a feel for, okay, what, what were they successful doing? What were they trying to do? Why were they successful? You get really the full picture that you can break down into bite-sized pieces if you want by concept, which is really, really helpful. So if you don't have the book already, please buy the book. If you're not following Bobby on Twitter, follow Bobby on Twitter. Bobby, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I know you're busy, but thanks again for just, man, talking football for a little bit. Oh, yeah. No, I appreciate you having me on, Dusty. I will, uh, I'll never turn down a chance to talk to talk football. <laughs> There's not too many people you know, in my day-to-day life that, that like to, to, to get this deep into stuff. So, anytime. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, dude. Appreciate you. Yep. Big up again to Bobby Peters for joining me today to talk about the Packers 2020 offensive season and kind of looking forward a little bit. You can pick up his book, the 2020 Green Bay Packers Complete Offensive Manual. 
on Amazon right now. Tremendous read. You won't regret it. Uh, so thanks again to Bobby for joining me. You can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. Follow me at Dusty Evely, Steve Perhatch at Sarah Kelleher 4, and also our guest today, Bobby Peters at B underscore Peters 12. Thanks again for listening. Please rate and review. And as always, go Pack Go! inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply